RGPE, the podcast brought to you by the Register Guard Opinion page. I'm your host, Brendan O'Meara. Hey, hey. You can follow along the show at RegisterGuard underscore opinion on Instagram. You can also follow me on Twitter at Brendan O'Meara. If you want to submit letters to the editor, of course, that's rgletters at registerguard.com. 200 words max, please. We're under no obligation to publish everything we have, but publish most of them if they're coherent enough. Of course, we edit them for style and clarity. That's about it. I think we're going to get right into this with Eric Burke of Friends of Trees. We started the conversation by talking about some of the defunct friends, uh, well, the defunct tree organizations in Eugene, and then we kind of, from that point on, leapfrogged into why that was and why Friends of Trees itself has been uh, more sticky and stuck around. So uh, it's the 30th anniversary of Friends of Trees, I believe, up in Portland, 30 years ago they started, and they are around today, so we uh, jump right into that. Thanks for listening and enjoy this conversation with Eric Burke. With friends of trees that was uh, sticky and has stuck around. What did you learn from all those other groups that went defunct that you were able to you know, learn from so you could actually, you know, gain the right toeholds and, and stick around? Building really good partnerships is important. Um, really doing what you say you're going to do and focusing on doing high quality work and um, building building really strong relationships in the community with your partners, collaborators, volunteers, donor base, businesses, all of that is very important. Also that it's really hard for an all-volunteer group to make it as a nonprofit because you tend to get, um, in, you know, unless you have a beloved area like Mount Pisgah or something um, that that you can can maintain a lot of loyalty around. Um, it's really hard to have leaders who can just stay really driven, tend to get burned out after a few years of doing lots and lots of work and trying to balance that with families and jobs and all the other commitments that people have, and then step down. And um, there's a lot of weight on on one or two people a lot of times in groups like that. So being able to have um, consistency and a professional workforce really, really helps. And since you've been at it for a while, uh, what do you attribute your success and your longevity and endurance uh, and persistence uh, with Friends of Trees? You know, what what can you point to, you know, in your own skill set for that? I kind of fell into it. You know, I got, I have a master's degree in applied anthropology and I worked in uh, many different fields in construction and forestry and landscaping and the nursery industry. I worked in social science research for 11 years and, um, and was volunteering all along with trees and just, just became really in love with uh, trees and, and Eugene's urban forest and the community around that. Just working with trees, I, I became an arborist about 11 years ago, a certified arborist, and then a municipal arborist. And I've been slowly trying to gain uh, a greater skill set 
Eugene has some amazing um, skilled arborists, many um, certified master arborists. And I've been lucky to know some of those people that um, have been able to teach me some some basic skills. I still consider myself kind of a beginner to an intermediate arborist compared to some of the amazing arborists in town. Um, and But I, what really caught me was the idea of connecting people to nature. And I have a really passionate love of nature. And um, I came to see that uh, if you just try and, and help nature um, without involving humans, it's it's really hard to have lasting success. And I think in the long run, uh, connecting us to nature, um, a lot of our volunteers, it's the first time they've ever planted a tree or used a shovel. And if they can come out to a planting and have a really good time and see that volunteering is fun and rewarding and working with trees is fun and rewarding, um, I think we can help develop a, a long-term community of people that care. Yeah, I know. When I volunteered, I've only done it once so far, but it was a it was a ton of fun. It was a nice rainy day, and we were just you know just got muddy, planted probably a half dozen trees in my little cohort, and it was just great to get down on your hands and knees, really like get into the dirt and just get get dirty, have fun, and then at the end of the day have a have a cool meal with a lot of people who are just uh you know have that satisfaction of having done something that really feels like you're contributing to like what will eventually be, you know, more, uh, more lush, you know, sidewalks in the urban, urban forest, if you will. Yeah. That's really great that you came out and, um, kind of how you describe the experience really fits with a, a theory of social change to, to benefit nature in the long run that came out of um, a conservation biologist named Michael Soule and was published in the edited book Biophilia, where he argues that when we have this lecture model where we talk to people um, about how bad things are with nature and how much we need to change and that people mostly don't hear it or it just kind of bounces off them when we approach it with the prefrontal cortex kind of lecture model and that to really get people to care you have to access in the long run the emotional centers of the brain the limbic system and all of that and that the best way to do that is to do physical work together in a positive convivial environment that leaves something tangible at the end and when i discovered um you know had that experience with friends of trees and eugene tree foundation before it I could really see um, just building a really nice network of people who care and are doing this work. And we have such a great core of volunteers now. We really miss them with the corona issue right now and um, are looking forward to, to re-engaging when this is all over. Now, for I'll stand in as sort of a, a proxy for those who might not know, and I definitely don't, which is why I'm asking and not so embarrassed to ask. Hmm. Uh, uh, so what does an arborist do and maybe what what and what specific skill set might be specific to a municipal arborist? Well, municipal arborists work in the urban forest, which is really all the plants, trees, shrubs, grasses, everything, um, and, and the whole natural community in a city. And so arborists in particular work with trees, and there's all kinds of different things that they do from 
planning for for trees and climate change. You know, some of the city's urban forestry staff work on that from figuring out how trees fit in new housing developments. Um, there's so many different things they do. We just got a load of chips delivered to our office that we mulch our trees with today from a local arborist and um, just a phenomenal uh, local company, Green Tree Arborist. And that's from them being out pruning and um, doing work that helps trees thrive in the long run and taking the branches that they, they cut off the trees and chipping them up. And then we recycle them back as mulch on the trees. Um, arborists also can go look at trees that are having health problems and try and understand what's going on in terms of pests and diseases. There's quite a few um, bugs and diseases that are in our city um, and causing trees to die and struggle. Um, many people have noticed that most of the birch trees in Eugene and other Willamette Valley cities are dying and have been removed these days from um, their uh, lack of drought tolerance, uh, making them susceptible to a bug called bronze birch borer. We're really looking into the effect of a, a bug called shot hole borer, ambrosia beetle right now. Um, and trying to um, prevent uh, uh, really serious um, bugs like emerald ash borer or Japanese um, Japanese beetle coming into our area that could cause a lot of damage. Emerald ash borer could kill all our ash trees. So arborists also plan for those kind of things and work on prevention. Um, there's just so many things that, that arborists do. Um, my background is mostly working with volunteers, and so I'm not as skilled in disease diagnosis or all that kind of thing. Um, I'm not great at tree climbing. I just took, have climbed a few times, taken one class, um, but I really, I really admire all our local arborists and the work they do. Wow, a, a class in tree climbing? Explain that to me. That's, uh, that, that's uh, fascinating to me. The old tradition and, and still practiced by a lot of arborists and and uh, it gets you into trees that are that are bigger than you can get to with a lift truck or in hard to reach places um, and is a great way to work on trees is through climbing them and it's it's really an amazing art and science that arborists have done for decades if not centuries and I took a class from the International Society of Arboriculture in Seattle last year, where just learning the basics where you, you know, you have a throw line and you get a line up in the tree. So you have to practice throwing and that's a skill in itself. Hmm. And once you get that line, then you have a, a belt and a harness that you attach yourself in and, and learning the, all kinds of knots and the proper way to get trees safe, uh, get lines safely up into trees and, the way to be safe when you're doing it, it's very, very dangerous. And so safety is of the utmost importance. So really paying attention to your gear and your ropes and checking it really thoroughly and working together and watching out for each other. Uh, there's there's so much to it. And it was just a blast to be out. 
Uh, cool. Well, as as we wind down here, Eric, this is really fun. I really hope this will be kind of the first of many conversations because I think there's a lot of really cool things to worth unpacking with the work you guys are doing. Um, but as we wind down this uh, preliminary conversation, um, where can people uh, get more familiar with Friends of Trees? And uh, once all this COVID stuff settles down, they can sign up and volunteer and get their hands dirty. Well, I think there's a couple places. Um, you know, once the COVID stuff settles down, we really encourage people to come out to a tree planting. We also have a volunteer tree pruning program, which is typically July, August, and September. And so depending on how the COVID stuff is going, that may be an option. It's very small group. Usually um, it's just one or two people going out, one to three pe- people going out together. So um, that could be an option. We have a series of tree walks every year that, um, well, we're not able to do them um, because of Corona right now. Um, when things open up, we'll be having them. They're particularly nice during the fall color time in late September, early October. We usually have three or four just during the fall color time. And we're also doing virtual tree walks on Facebook and Instagram. So that's a great way to get a little taste of the urban forest. Oh, that's cool. Thanks for hopping on the podcast here and letting us know a little bit about what you do. Thank you, Brendan. And thanks for all you do. And really appreciate the opportunity. Mm -hmm.